Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. If you could like have a day with a, a genius, okay, in the area of passion that you're interested in, would you take it? So if you're a footballer, Lionel Messi says, I'm going to give you a day and teach you everything I know. Or, or, or if you're a, a runner, Usain Bolt is going to say, I'm, I'm going to give you a, a day. Or if you're a golfer, Rory McIlroy is going to improve your swing, okay, give you a day. None of that appeals to some of you, but you like cake. Mary Berry is going to give you a day, okay, to all the cake. Or Steve Jobs is going to give you a day on entrepreneurship. Or if you're a singer, Adele or Beyonce. Or, or if you're a painter or an artist, Michelangelo or Picasso. If you could have a day... With these geniuses, what would you do? You'd say, of course I'll do it. And you would say to them, teach me, teach me. 2,000 years ago, a bunch of guys were hanging around a genius and they watched this genius at work and they watched this genius in how he communicated with God the Father. And he did it through what we call prayer. And they were so amazed at him because they watched him pray and then they watched how his life was after he prayed. And they watched how he interacted with people and they watched how he coped with life. They watched how he dealt with the marginalised and those on the edge of society. They watched how he dealt with personal pain and disappointment. And they worked it out that he was so amazing because he had a connection with his father. And so one day they could stand it no longer and so they went to him And they said this in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, like he did often. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. In other words, they were watching him as they did many times. And then they were watching what happened after he prayed. And they said, there's something going on in your prayer life that isn't going on in ours. Teach us to pray. And... You know, if we don't get this right, if we don't get prayer right, and we'll talk about that in a moment, you and I are going to often ask this question, which is what we're looking at today. Where is God when you need him? You see, we lose the connection with God so often, but Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't. Even in those difficult situations, Jesus seemed to have a connection with God that his followers could only dream about. So who prays? Well, people that say they're Christians pray. Okay, followers of Jesus pray. Um, But when we pray, we often feel guilty about prayer. We often feel inadequate about prayer. How many of you are completely happy and satisfied with your prayer life? Exactly. Most of us, when it comes to prayer, don't pray enough, right? How many of you pray enough? See, no, none of us. Because we, we, we know we pray and we know we should pray, but often we feel guilty or uncertain about prayer. But you know, people who don't follow Jesus also pray. Did you know that? In fact, more than half of adults in the UK will say that they have prayed at some point in their life, even if they don't believe in God. In fact, under 30s, it's even higher than that. It's almost 60% of under 30s will say that they pray, even if they aren't religious. They say that they pray. What do we pray? Well, overwhelmingly, the top issues that people of all persuasions pray about is our family, our health and our finances. Those are the top three issues that we all pray about And there's nothing wrong with that, but I want to suggest that our prayers need to grow up. Our prayers need to grow up. You see, when we're young, when we're kids, um, it's all right to be a kid, isn't it? 
Do you know what I mean? And our kids' prayers reflect what you like as a kid. So, so here's some great kids' prayers. I love this one. Dear God, I need you to make my mom not allergic to cats because I want a cat and I don't want to have to ask my mom to move out. That's a great prayer, isn't it? That's a great prayer. Dear God, I saw my big brother coming out of the shower. Please could you take away that image from my mind? Dear God, please could you make asparagus taste nice because it tastes like grass. And I love this one. Dear God, when I grow up, I want to be like my daddy, but not so hairy all over. Those are kids' prayers. And that's fine when you're a kid, but are we still praying childish prayers when we should have grown up? We all have issues when it comes to prayer. So, so over the next five weeks, myself, Stuart and Jane, we're going to take you through the most famous prayer ever recorded. And if you're a follower of Jesus, we will hope that this takes you deeper into this prayer you've ever been. If you're not a follower of Jesus yet, we hope this introduces you to the God that deep down you're looking for. And what happens is that these guys watch Jesus and they say, look, Jesus, we can't cope with it any longer, right? You've got to teach us to pray. You've got to teach us to pray. So now we're going to look at what he said, but not in Luke, in Matthew, where he gives a little bit more detail. And he says this in Matthew 6, verse 6. But when you pray, Jesus says. So the, the assumption here is that you do, not if you pray, but when you pray. That's the assumption. Now, in Jesus' day, they all had issues with prayer. They, they were oppressed by the Romans. Life wasn't going well. The followers of Jesus, their issue with prayer is that they felt their prayers weren't good enough because God wasn't answering them because they were still oppressed by the Romans. The religious leaders, they thought that actually the reason that God wasn't answering the prayers they were praying is because the people weren't good enough, okay? That they, they weren't holy enough, they weren't, they weren't righteous enough. So if they were just better, or, and, and so the people were saying, if we could pray better, and the leaders were saying, if you were better, then God would answer your prayers. And you see, when we think like this about prayer, we reduce God to an ATM machine where we put a card in and we put, put a code in and we get what we want. And then when we don't get what we want, this is what we ask, where is God when you need him? Many of you have prayed that prayer. Some of you are praying that right now. You're saying that right now. You're not even praying it. You're saying it. Where is God when you need him? I've said that. I've said that. And in those moments, I have to take hold of that and say, am I actually gripped by a childish approach to prayer? Let's go on. Matthew 6, verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Now, can't I pray to God anywhere? Of course you can. But Jesus is giving us a clue to grown-up prayer. He says, listen, you can pray anywhere that you want. Pray in the gym, pray as you want. That's great. But there's a level of grown-up prayer, which is where you close the door. In other words, you shut out distractions. And it's just you and God, and you get real with God. Not just a prayer on the run as you're eating a sandwich, but a prayer where you're saying, God, it's just me and you. That's a grown-up level of prayer. And you pray to your Father who is unseen because at the heart of prayer is not a pattern or a formula. The heart of prayer is a relationship to your Father who is unseen. And then Jesus goes on to say this, uh, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. What would you pray if you knew God heard and if you knew God could see? Listen, what you pray is not as important as the fact of that you do pray. And God already knows our heart anyway. So it isn't about the, the, the eloquence of our words. He's not interested in that. And to prove that, in the next verse, he says this. 
And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. And the word he uses in the original language, literally the word sounds like babbling word. For they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father, and here's that word again, we'll come into that in a moment, knows what you need before you ask Him. So don't just keep babbling. Don't just keep repeating. Don't just speak louder. Don't just put on it like a booming voice, a TV evangelist voice. That's going to cut no ice. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So the question surely is, why bother asking Him then? If He knows it, why ask Him? Because prayer is not so much about moving God, but being moved by God. Prayer is not so much about us bringing Him into line with us. It's about bringing us into line with Him. And I want you to put the next slide up, please, Timo, because this is so important. Prayer, prayer, and I've just said it, but prayer is not so much about moving God. Now, there is an, a, a level in which we want to move the hand of God. We want to say, God, could you do that? That's great. But it's not so much about that. It's more about being moved by God. It's not about getting God to line up with us. It's about us lining up with Him. And this is so, so important. And at the heart of prayer... I think is this first grown-up prayer that we want to look at today. And I've called it this, the prayer of connection. The prayer of connection. Because when the followers of Jesus looked at Jesus and the way he prayed, and then they looked at how he lived his life out of that prayer, they said, this guy connects with the Father. This guy is connected with God the Father in a way that we're not. And so they looked at that and they thought, we want that connection And so what is that connection? Well, then Jesus, having set it all up, then says this. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's just pause it for a moment. Maybe some of you are of a generation where you were brought up saying this prayer. Yeah? You said it in school. You said it at Sunday school. You said it in your home. Many aren't. Maybe some of you are brought up in a generation where you've never heard this prayer before. This is what's called the Lord's Prayer. It should really be called the Disciples' Prayer. It's our prayer, really. Over the next five weeks, we're going to look at it line by line, word by word, go deep into it. But just for a moment, and maybe in our sites as well, and maybe even online and in the room, let's say this out loud together. Let's read this Bible verse together. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That first bit is what we're calling the prayer of connection. Next week, Stuart's going to look at the second bit, okay, the your kingdom come. I'm going to touch on that a little bit because I need to, to connect it up. But that prayer of connection, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I love the kids' version of it. He said this, our Father in heaven, Harold be your name. And if you're of a generation, Harold, none of you younger people even know what that is, but some of you older people, I saw Martin Plimmer laughing right there. You'll know that's a reference to Steptoe and Son. Look it up on YouTube. Our Father in heaven, Harold be your name. No, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's an old word we're going to look at in a minute. So we're going to break it down. Who? Who are we praying to? Well, Jesus says, our Father. 
Now that word father is used between seven and 15 times in the Old Testament, very, very rarely. In the New Testament, it's used of God loads because the, the ongoing revelation is that our relationship with God is a personal relationship. Our Father. So, so important. And the reason that we need this, okay, is that when we pray, sometimes we end up getting a little bit mindless when we pray. Anyone or is it just me? And your mind wanders off. Is it, is it just me? Just me? And Alicia. Okay, and on the front row here. I see that hand. Okay. And, and, but basically, that's why we need to remind us as we're addressing a person, our Father. We don't want our prayers to be mindless. Let me give you an illustration of mindless. I'm going to say something, and I want you to participate in this, okay? In our sight, I want you to say this out loud, okay? The answer to this out loud and online, I want you to write it in the chat, okay? And here in the room. So, are you going to participate with this? Here we go. A tree that grows from an acorn is called an oak. Okay, let's try it again. A tree that grows from an acorn is called a... The vapour that rises from a fire is called smoke. Okay, let's try it again. A tree that grows from an acorn is called a... Vapour that rises from a fire is called a... The sound a frog makes is called a croak. The white of an egg is called a a yolk. Really? The white of an egg is called a yolk. And you did that because you entered into a rhythm, didn't you? It's an oak, it's a smoke, it's a croak. And that's what happens when we pray. We end up getting a little bit mindless And before you know where we are, we're disconnected. That prayer of connection helps us. Our Father. I'm not speaking to an entity in the sky. I'm not speaking to a force. I'm speaking to a person. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, I realise that for many of us in the room or online or in our sites, our Father is a challenge. I am a dad and I had a great dad. Okay, so this isn't such a challenge for me, but I know that's not true for all of us. Maybe for some of you, our Father brings these kind of words to mind. Unreliable, unconcerned, unavailable, unpleasant. But whether you had a good father like I did, or whether you didn't have a good father like maybe many of you have experienced When we come to God the Father, I love how Louis Giglio um, puts it, and I thought say this, you know, our, our Father is not a reflection of our earthly dad. He's the perfection of an earthly dad. So whether you had a good dad or not, there's no real comparison because our Father in heaven is none of those things. He's these things instead. He's caring. The Bible says, cast all your cares onto Him because He cares for you. He is consistent You know, oh, don't talk to your dad. He's in a bad mood tonight. His team have lost. You know, that slight consistency, inconsistency, God's not like that. He's competent. My son Josh knows that he can call on me for lots of things. DIY, not so much. <laughs> Because he knows that I am not competent in those, in those areas at all. But aren't you glad that your heavenly Father is caring, consistent, utterly competent in everything and he's close. He's close, really? Because let's go on to the second word. The who is our father, that's the connection. But the where, Jesus says our father in heaven. Oh, great. So, so, so I got these bills to pay. So I've got this health diagnosis. So I've got this teenager that's a tear away right now. So I've got this dysfunction in my family and you're in heaven Great. Where is God when we need Him? 
Jesus says he's in heaven. But we don't understand what he really means. Because in the original language, that word heaven is the word Uranus, where we get the planet Uranus. <laughs> Can I just say, I found this in my research, a tweet. Okay, um, it says, where is it? I've lost it. A tweet. Tweet, please keep my family in your thoughts and prayers. My seven-year-old son has recently learned about the planet Uranus. You can just imagine what the seven-year-old son's going to do with that. But Uranus, this idea, and, and, and Jesus uses it in the plural form, our God in the heavens. And in the New Testament, it doesn't just mean a galaxy far, far away. It doesn't just mean a planet that, we, that, that they hadn't yet discovered. It actually means atmosphere. It means sky all around us. It means the breath all around us. In other words, Jesus is saying, our Father who is closer than the air that you breathe. He's in the atmosphere. He's in the skies all around us. He's out there in the galaxies. He's beyond all of that. And yet he is here as well. He is infinite and he is intimate at the same time. Where is God when you need him? Our Father who is closer than the air that we breathe. You can pray that. This is a prayer that works every single time you pray it. It's the prayer of connection. Our Father. I'm not beginning with, with me. I'm beginning with you. I'm not beginning with my need. I'm beginning with your greatness. Our Father, who is closer than the air that we breathe. And then what do we pray? Our Father in heaven, Jesus says, pray this, hallowed be your name. That's an old word. We don't use that word, hallowed, okay? But hallowed literally means set apart. It means uniquely respected, valued, and treasured. Guys, you need to know, I don't want to get on a rant here, okay? Because there's so much ranting on social media, so I'm not going to rant. Those of you who say you're followers of Jesus, you need to know the name of God, the Bible, the church, is under a lot of attack right now. We may not be under the persecution that Ebenezer and our brothers in India are under right now, but we're under a different kind of persecution as well. Some of you, will, you may have known that a, a Bibles have been taken out of schools in a part of America just because it says that they are too promiscuous. Bibles are too promiscuous and too vulgar and they've been taken out of schools. That kind of stuff is an attack on the name of God. And we don't need to get defensive or reactive, but we need to get real and serious and grown up about it. Jesus says, you pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And that word hallowed comes from the word holy. It means set apart, different, unique, one of a kind. And it moves into the next prayer that Stuart's going to look at next week. But I need to connect it up because Jesus then says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a different kind of prayer, but it's connected to that prayer of connection because we say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name because it's your kingdom I want to come, not mine. Your will to be done, not mine. And this is where many of us uh, get in trouble because what we say is, your kingdom, what about my kingdom? Your will be done, what about my will? God, God, we'll talk about your kingdom and your will in a minute, but can you first listen to my kingdom and my will, my family, my needs, my health, my bills, my situation, my job? And Jesus says, listen, the minute you do that, you reduce prayer to something that's childish. But when you reverse it, and when you say, our Father, when you start with His greatness, then surrender your will, you're in a grown-up prayer space. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You see, the purpose of prayer is to surrender our will, not to impose our will. <laughs> the, the, the privilege of prayer is relationship, not transaction. And the power of prayer 
is the relationship we have with our Father. And so when they looked at Jesus, they saw someone who was so surrendered to that relationship, so connected to God that what he did flowed out of that relationship with him. And when we miss this, guys, what we do, what you do and what I do is we reduce prayer to the level of a child. You know, a child, and we've got grandkids now, and you can see them, can't you? A child only thinks about themselves, really, don't they? Most of the time, it's my food and my sweets and, and my, what I want to do, and it's all become that. And so many of us as adults are just like that when it comes to God. And you know, when we do that, we pray those kind of childish prayers, and they don't get answered in the way that we want them to. And so we deduce this, God doesn't answer prayer And if God doesn't answer prayer, then we move on to this deduction, God doesn't care. And if we stay there long enough, we can end up with this deduction, maybe God isn't even there. But I want to invite you at the start of this series, where is God when you need Him? Well, Jesus says He's closer than the air that you breathe. He's our Father. He's a good, good Father, isn't He? He's caring. He's consistent. He is utterly competent. And He's so close. He's closer than the air that you breathe. So where is God when you need Him? He's right there. But rather than you telling Him what you need, but He already knows what you need anyway, why don't we pray a grown-up prayer, which is a prayer of connection. Our Father, who is in heaven, closer than the air that we breathe, hallowed be Your Name. Let my prayers be about you, not so much about me. Let, let, let my will surrender to your will. Let me declare your greatness, then surrender to your will. So this week, I want to give you a, like an assignment this week, okay? Um, when you pray, and hopefully you will, start with Heavenly Father, not your will and not your need and your desire and your want or your frustration. Start with Him. When you pray, start with connection rather than transaction. And when you pray, be open to the fact that God doesn't want to just listen, but He wants to be involved and engaged with you as well as what you're praying for. And then as we pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name, then we want to move out of that space and live a life that shows others that we have that connection with God. Listen, listen, if people don't like you because of Jesus, that's okay. If people don't like Jesus because of you or me, that's not okay. That makes sense? If people persecute you or make fun of you because of Jesus, that's all right. But if people persecute Jesus or make fun of Jesus because of us, that's not okay. We should be the ones who live such connected lives to the Father that people might not believe in the God that we believe, but they believe we believe in it. And they believe that it's making a difference in our life. And they look at that life and they say, wow, there's some kind of connection going on there. That's what the followers of Jesus saw in the life of Jesus. So could you pray this prayer with me? And if you've got a phone, maybe take a photograph of the prayer. We'll leave it up long enough. This is a great prayer. Lord, let Your Name be hallowed, be holy, in other words, in my life. Let me live in such a way today that you have no hesitation in signing your name to my day. I don't know where I got that from, so I can't credit it, but isn't that an amazing little prayer? Lord, let your name be hallowed 
in my life. Let me live in such a way today that you have no hesitation in signing your name to my day. I want you to hold that slide up, Timo, for me. Could, could I invite you just to stand if you're willing and able? And in our sites as well, stand with me. We're going to pray in a minute. I'm going to pray for you in a minute and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. But I wonder first if maybe we could pray this out loud together just, just to hear us praying it. And don't just pray it because I'm asking you to do it. Just pray it out of your heart. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let's pray this. Lord, let your name be hallowed in my life. Let me live in such a way today that you have no hesitation in signing your name to my day. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We declare His greatness, then we surrender our will. Maybe today there's someone here, someone in our sight, someone watching online and and you're struggling to, to pray this, to say our Father, because maybe you, you haven't come into a relationship with Jesus. You know, God hasn't got any grandkids. We have, and I love our grandkids. God hasn't got any. You're either a child of God or you're not. And that's because you've come to a point in your life where you've surrendered your life to Him and you said, God, I wanna know you. I, because of what Jesus done on the cross, He's taken my sin and He's put it onto, God's put it onto His body, into His self. He's taken the brokenness in my life and put it onto God. And in exchange, all of the goodness of God, He's put into my life. And, and what you do is you say, I wanna turn around from living my own life and I wanna follow you. I wanna be a follower of Jesus. And it may be that you haven't done that yet. I wanna give you an opportunity right now in our sites, online, here in Hell Zone. So can we just close our eyes for a moment? And if there's somebody here and you haven't ever said, God, I wanna know you. Jesus, I want you to be the Lord and the leader of my life, then you can do that right now. And so while all of our eyes are closed, if that's you today and you wanna pray that prayer, I'm gonna pray a prayer for you on your behalf. If you wanna do that, I wanna ask you just to pop your hand up in the air. Same in our sites as well. If, you, if there's anybody here today and if you all have done this, that's brilliant. But if there's somebody who hasn't yet said yes to Jesus, you, you, you can't almost come into that relationship because you haven't said yes. He's not going to barge his way into your life. He's waiting to be invited. So if there's somebody and you want to say yes to Jesus to make him your father today, I want you just to pop your hand up and we'll see it. Thank you. Thank you. And someone's going to come and just pop a leaflet in your hand, just give you something to read. God bless you. So anybody else at the back, over on the side? God bless you. Love it. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that you want all of us to become your children, your sons and your daughters. And Lord, now I pray for all of us here. And I just sense, guys, that there are some of us, if we're honest, we've lost that connection. We've lost that connection in our heart with God. Our prayers are very repeat and rote and routine and almost parrot-like. And we've lost that fire of connection in our heart. I wanna pray for you. And I believe that on Tuesday, as Laura speaks on the Holy Spirit, I believe God's gonna do amazing things Tuesday. And I wanna invite you, I believe that this is somehow gonna flow together on Tuesday from this morning. I'm gonna invite you to come Tuesday and be open for the Holy Spirit doing something in you to set a fire inside your heart again. I think that's what the followers of Jesus saw in Jesus. When He came out of a prayer time, they saw someone who was on fire for His Father. He had a connection. 
So I want to pray for you. And if you've lost that sense of connection, why don't you just put your hands out in front of you as a sign of saying to God, God, here I am. I'm surrendering my will. I'm surrendering my heart. I come to you and, and my connection with you has become rote and routine and repetition. And God, I don't want that. Lord, I want something that's real, that's relationship. And so Holy Spirit, would you come? Even as we sing this final song, would you come by your Spirit? Would you fill us again with your power? Would you touch us again? Would you set a fire down in our soul that we can't contain, that we can't control? Because we want more of you, God. Not because you haven't given us more, but because we're not experiencing more. That the lack isn't on your side, it's on ours. So God, as we respond now in worship and in song, would you set a fire in our soul again? And may we live these kind of lives, I pray in Jesus' Name. Amen.